The Satanist temple keeps pushing for abortion to be a religious liberty. The United States Senate fails to pass a bill that would protect survivors of abortion. A Tennessee law would allow fathers to protect their children from abortion. Rush Limbo's anti-abortion legacy. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau fights for even more abortion access and more coming right up. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. My name is Peter. My name is Cam, and this is The Pulse, a series put on by the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we cover all of the important and interesting information as it pertains to abortion from around the world and give it to you in the comfort of your own home. That's right. And before we get going, I want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button and force Google to notify you whenever we put a video out. It feels great to, to force Google to do something, so you're hitting that subscribe button. We'll do just that. Okay, we're only a few weeks into 2021, and abortion continues to be front and center in American politics. Pro-life laws continue to surface in state legislators. Biden continues to sign abortion-related executive orders. And like we mentioned in last month's episode of The Pulse, the, the balance of power continues to tilt towards the bloodthirsty and anti-human rights organization Planned Parenthood. And speaking of the devil... The Satanic Temple continues to want in on the conversation about abortion as well. So last year, they launched a campaign claiming that Satanic abortions are protected by religious liberty laws. You might remember that. And what they were trying to do is recast abortion as a religious ritual to do an end run around state regulations and restrictions. They're saying that since abortion is a part of their religious tradition, abortion should be protected as a religious right and religious liberty that should in no way be interfered with. The Satanic Temple has now commissioned a billboard in Texas stating that abortion save li saves lives and informs commuters that our religious rituals avert many state restrictions. Wowzers. Abortion <laughs> as a religious right. Sounds a bit familiar to me. For those of you who might not um, be ringing any bells, child sacrifice to the um, the gods of the time. Sounds a little bit familiar. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, that's right. But uh, the Satanic Temple wishes to inform you that that's not the case. Uh, Lucian Greaves of the Satanic Temple assures us, and I quote, we're not doing anything of the type that would equal something even close to infant sacrifice. We are putting the safety and welfare of the pregnant for person first, end quote. Well, I got to say, Cam, while that sounds nice <laughs> and, you know, it's just a, a sweet way of talking about it, that doesn't change the fact uh, of what abortion is. It's the intentional tearing apart of preborn boys and girls from the womb. Call it a re religious ritual. Call it, call it part of your liturgy. Abortion remains abortion. Abortion remains a huge injustice. Yeah, it used to make us wonder when we started um, having the Satanists align with us, whether or not we were actually going in the right direction or not. But obviously here in the 21st century, uh, many people on the far left, the liberal left, don't really care who their bedfellows are, even if that includes the Satanists um, from around the world. And it makes me think of a line from G.K. Chesterton, um, who said, and I quote, when man stops believing in God, he doesn't then believe in nothing. He believes in anything. And this is something that we're seeing growing in contemporary society as we move into this post-Christian age um, and this anti-Christian age that people are looking for ways to justify the, the practice of abortion in whatever means necessary. And if that means aligning with the Satanic um, Church of America, then, then that's what they're going to do. 
And I think it's important in, in some ways to even put aside this notion of whether or not Satanism should really be elevated to um, the, the same dignity that many other religions um, are elevated to in America and around the world, but rather ask the question, does it really matter if this corresponds to any religion, regardless of how popular or unpopular it is? I mean, would we ever consider um, allowing killing born children or, or something along the lines of genital mutilation? under the name of religious liberty. If not those, then why abortion? Why is this even a conversation happening as to whether or not a, a religious community, whether you regard the Satanic um, Church of America as a legitimate religious community or not, um, whether or not you should be allowed to define an action which deliberately and intentionally ends the life of an innocent human being as part of your liturgical right. Absolutely bonkers. And this is something that is only, unfortunately, going to become more prominent in America. That's right. And and Cam, I feel as we continue to head to a more secular society, a post-Christian society, as it were, where Christian values are not just put aside, but in many ways uh, hated, as it were, uh, I think we'll be seeing more of the Satanic Temple as time goes on. Um, there are similar billboards erected in the Houston and Miami areas, and the Satanic Temple plans to continue their outreach to more and more states. All right, continuing on, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act failed to pass in the United States Senate. The act, which was a proposed amendment to the 2020-21 budget resolution, sought to make sure that babies born alive after an abortion procedure uh, are not left to die. Senator Ben Sass was the one who sponsored the bill, and he said, and I quote, this is about making sure that every baby receives the same care, whether they are born in a hospital or an abortion clinic, end quote. According to Vox.com, reproductive rights and, and physician groups opposed the bill because they said it could criminalize doctors for unnecessary reasons, and the bill itself was completely unnecessary. Dr. Kristen Brandy, board member of Physicians for Reproductive Health said the bill maligns and vilifies providers and patients to push a false narrative about abortion later in pregnancy, end quote. And so in a vote on February 4, uh, it failed after 48 Democrats voted to block it. All GOP senators, as well as two Democratic senators, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Bob Casey Jr. of Pennsylvania, voted for it. Mm -hmm. And and while the liberal left, while pro-abortion supporters want you to believe that this is something that absolutely never happens, heart-chilling evidence comes out year after year of children who have been um, sought to have been killed through abortion, born alive, and tragically left to die, whether on operating tables or in buckets in um, janitorial closets, wherever it may be. This is something that we see not only anecdotally, year after year, terrible st uh, stories coming from nurses, from doctors, from other medical professionals who are working in hospitals or in abortion facilities, but also something that Regardless of whether this is an incredibly frequent case or not, we don't unfortunately have very concrete statistics for obvious reasons that people are unwilling to admit that these children, first of all, were allowed to live beyond birth, which the goal of abortion is obviously to prevent that from happening in the first place. But second of all, very few doctors, and I'm sure nurses as well, would be willing to admit that these um, failed abortions resulted in children dying 
um, in the most callous of conditions. And so this is something that pro-abortion supporters want you to believe never, ever happens. Thankfully, it doesn't happen any more than it already does. And yet this act would absolutely have protected at least some children and given them the basic essential medical care to prolong their life, the same care that would be given to any other child born in any other condition. The other thing that we have to bear in mind is the fact that these children are are able to survive outside the womb even for a short period of time because in many states throughout America and many countries around the world, Canada included, abortion is legal up until very late stages of pregnancy. We're talking about children who often could survive outside of the womb with basic medical support, sometimes very, very comprehensive medical support as well. However, this is a conversation about human beings who are old enough to survive outside the womb. And if it's not appropriate to kill the children down in the NICU unit um, who are um, struggling and battling for life under the incredible care of those nurses, why wouldn't the same care be given to children um, who are born under different circumstances? That's right. And... You know, as we often say, Cam, abortion's not wrong because uh, the child that's aborted could survive outside the womb. Abortion's not wrong because the child could feel pain. But but on that same note, I just want to highlight the fact that we're actually having this conversation about whether children who survive a an abortion attempt, uh, a failed abortion, should be allowed to live or not. This is the West in 2021. 20, we're talking about killing babies at birth and uh it is extremely, extremely tragic and really highlights to me and probably to you as well, Cam, the importance of continuing the work that we're doing, the importance of uh, continuously going to the culture grassroots sort of outreach to, to to show people the humanity of preborn children and the inhumanity of abortion and, uh, you know, continue on talking to politicians and so on and so forth, um, because it should be intuitive to, to so many people that killing children at birth uh, is something that should not be okay, Uh, just not be okay at all. Moving on, a proposed Tennessee law would allow fathers to file injunctions to prevent mothers from aborting their children. According to Fox, the bill, and I quote, states that the father of an unborn child could bring a petition before the court, and if he proves that he is the biological father of uh, and wants to raise the child and that the mother is seeking an abortion, a judge could choose to issue an injunction. That means the mother wouldn't be able to have an abortion and could face legal penalties if she did, end quote. This is great. I mean, we all often talk about the role of men and the role of fathers, uh, and this really gives the father a role in whether he wants to keep his child. Now, abortion supporters are not a big fan of this sort of legislation, with Francie Hunt, executive director of the Tennessee Advocates for Planned Parenthood, saying that, and I quote, It's just a real slap in the face to pregnant people and a dishonor of their role as pregnant people to have sovereignty over their own bodies. No one should have veto power over your own bodily autonomy. That is the bottom line, end quote. The bill will be heard in the Tennessee legislature in the next few months, uh, but critics suspect that if this bill is passed, it will likely uh, go to courts and will be unlikely to survive in the courts. Mm-hmm. Which is a tragedy. A, a good friend of mine who leads pro-life activism in Kelowna, um, British Columbia here in Canada, um, is is one of these fathers who desperately wanted to provide for um, his son or daughter uh, when his girlfriend become, became pregnant while they were in university. But there was nothing that he could do, no recourse that he could have, despite the fact that he was willing to care for that child um, as a single parent. 
provide whatever it was that the mother of that child would need during her pregnancy and even after the pregnancy. There was nothing that he could do. And this is something that we, we see time and time again on the streets as well, speaking to young and old men for that matter as well, who are devastated by the fact that their wives, their girlfriends, their significant others um, chose abortion for their children in spite of their commitment. As you mentioned, Peter, there are all too many men who are far too willing to step away from that pregnancy or even coerce um, their significant others into those abortions. And yet, even for those who are courageous and, and taking responsibility upon themselves, there's nothing they can do. I really, really hope that this bill is supported by um, legislators in Tennessee. It can start the conversation about the men's role in supporting these mothers, supporting these children, and giving them a say in um, protecting the lives of their children. That's right. That would be that would be huge. Moving on, Rush Limbaugh, the legendary conservative talk radio host and longtime pro-life advocate, has passed away after a year-long battle with lung cancer. He was 70 years old. While Rush is mostly known as an American radio personality and a conservative political commentator, he was also vocally against abortion and was a frequent critic of Planned Parenthood, America's largest abortion chain. He particularly spoke out against Planned Parenthood after the Center for Medical Progress and David Delighton released undercover recordings of Planned Parenthood's sale of aborted babies' body parts to procurement agencies. Mm-hmm. This is a devastating loss again for the pro-life movement, for, for many conservatives across America and those who tuned into his programming um, worldwide. And uh, one, one quote in particular that stands out to me that really demonstrates um, Russia's commitment to preborn children and his um, rejection of Planned Parenthood um, is, is this, and I quote, this is one of the greatest illustrations of butchery, if you will, of our culture and literal and the literal attack on words to call what happens in a Planned Parenthood clinic health. He said this on his show and, and continued by saying, and I quote, whether you preface it by saying women's health or whatever, there is nothing healthy going on in there. And, and I think that really encapsulates his position on Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry um, and how despicable not only the sale of, of human body parts that was uncovered by the Center for Medical Progress, but simply the, the butchery of slaughtering innocent preborn children um, prior to their, their emergence um, through birth. Um, very, very sad to see Rush go. And, and I'm sure that there'll be many, many um, tributes and testimonies to the incredible work that he did in America and around the world. Moving on to our own nation, Canada, we look at some of the actions or one of the actions of our very pro-abortion Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. The, the fact that he's pro-abortion is very well known and it's a long-standing fact. And now his government has targeted the province of New Brunswick for refusing to fund an independent abortion clinic in the city of Fredericton. But here's the story. Abortions are legal in New Brunswick. Abortions are available. You, you, can, you can get abortions there at three different locations in the relatively small province, uh, two hospitals in Moncton and one in Bathurst. And it's, a, it's legal to own and practice within a private abortion clinic. However, there's this regulation that bans the funding of abortion clinics outside of hospitals. And so New Brunswick, the, 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 the government of New Brunswick, according to that regulation, refused to pay Clinic 554 tax dollars for abortion services 
And as a result of that, Clinic 554 couldn't pay their bills and ended up shutting down last year. Now, the refusal of the provincial government to support this clinic financially and its subsequent closing, which to Trudeau was a, an egregious violation of women's rights, caused him to lower the Canada health transfer by $140,000. Since the provincial government was not willing to support the abortion clinic, the private abortion clinic, Trudeau says, I'm going to give you less monies for health care in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. So much for this notion of don't want an abortion, don't have one. Um, Justin Trudeau has demonstrated time and time again that he wants everyone to be involved in the funding of abortion, regardless of whether they're performed in a hospital or not. A couple things bring to mind. First and foremost, a huge shout out to those pro-lifers in New Brunswick. I've worked with um, several of them before, including pro-life leaders in that province, and they have worked diligently, not only to raise awareness among the people of New Brunswick regarding um, Clinic 554 and its performing of abortions and protecting that legislation, which ensured that uh, federal tax dollars would not go towards funding abortions in private facilities. Huge shout out to them and the diligent work they've done over the past several decades, because this has been a long, long round of back and forth between the clinic between the provincial government and the people of New Brunswick. It has been put to the people on several occasions between different candidates that have been um, seeking election, and they have done a phenomenal job there in New Brunswick to make sure that those tax dollars aren't going towards this private clinic, um, despite their pleas, their desperate pleas to keep the doors open. And so big shout out to them. But also um, concerning that, that provinces which have the mandate to um, allocate um, federal dollars for health care as they see fit within their province, the, the federal government trying to strong arm them into forcing um, that money to go towards private abortion facilities. This is a really, really, really despicable act on behalf of Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government of Canada. And I hope that the provincial government holds firm to this fact that um, at the very least, preborn children cannot be killed outside of hospitals with tax dollars, that those children um, will be protected at least in that way in those areas. That's right. And before we head to the next story, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do so now so that you stay up to date with the content that we, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, are putting out. Up next, finally, for this month's roundup, Holland, the Dutch government, has voted to remove the five-day waiting period for abortion. Now, this five-day waiting period had applied to women who were more than 16 days pregnant and who wanted an abortion, uh, but it was struck down by a vote of 119 to 150 in the Dutch government. It was included in Dutch abortion law when the practice became, became legal in the early 80s, and apparently this has been uh, most controversial ever since. According to MP Corinne Alamate, and I quote, this is a great step in strengthening women's rights to make their own choices at their own speed and in their own way, end quote. Incredibly low abortion rate compared to the countries around it and indeed countries around the world with Dutch news agencies reporting that the, the rate of abortion compared to live births springing from pregnancy is around 8.8 abortions per thousand pregnancies in 2018, which is incredibly low, much, much lower than they are here in Canada and many other countries around the world, including their European neighbors. Most of these procedures, as is the case around the world, are performed on mothers um, between the ages of 25 and 30 and are often carried out very early in pregnancy, which doesn't make it any 
any better or any less terrible, um, but often being performed before the seventh week of pregnancy. It's worth noting the value of these waiting periods as has been um, seen in many states across America and indeed countries around the world, Netherlands included, and how these waiting periods can allow mothers to actually reject abortion when they're forced to, to wait and think about whether or not they actually want to kill their preborn child, regardless of how challenging a circumstance they're dealing with, they find that statistically speaking, those rates are significantly lower than in places, whether states or countries which don't have that mandatory waiting period. And so this is a major loss in the Netherlands. And we pray that they might um, not see the rise in abortion that has been seen in many other countries and states that have removed these kinds of waiting periods. And Cam, this shows the persistence of pro-abortion uh, organizations and lobby groups as well uh, in in really fighting to remove every single restriction and regulation um, that there is just to, to make abortion as accessible as possible for as many people as possible around the world. And as we consider that, as we look at some of the news that's happening around the world, we as pro-lifers ought to be just as as persistent in fighting for the rights of these pre-born children, just as persistent in highlighting the injustice of abortion to those around us. And for those of you who are listening, uh, we want to encourage you to join the fight as well. Uh, we want to encourage you to get out onto the streets, get into the conversation, uh, and and highlight to people the humanity of preborn children and the inhumanity of abortion. If you're in Canada, you can get involved with the work we're doing uh, at the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. Check us out on our website, www.andthekilling.ca, and, and just sign up as a volunteer under the Take Action tab. We'll get in, in contact with you. If you're in another nation and you don't really know where to go, reach out to us at the Pro-Life Guys. Um, and we will direct you to some of the, the groups and friends that we have in that nation um, if we know people there. Um, but that's our, that's our roundup. That is our roundup of important and interesting pro-life news from around the world. It's more abortion-related news coming to you from a pro-life perspective. And we have highlighted before the importance of getting your news from a pro-life source I mean, we have pro-abortion media outlets and others telling our own stories for far too long, and it's time for us to take those stories back and tell them from our own perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in. We want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button and never miss out on more content like this. And if you want to join us and partner with us, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, you can become a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Guys. Join the movement, financially partner with us. There's an opportunity for some pretty cool merch that you can get. And your partnership helps us continue to bring content to the world and continue to equip people to be good defenders of the preborn children, good advocates um, who, can have, who know how to have winsome and effective conversations. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you tune in again next time. God bless you. 